the sports complex of the horn. Hour two here on the sports complex on a Friday afternoon, hour till we get to the weekend and I can enjoy my Friday night and get ready for a big Houston Texans playoff game on Saturday. Enjoy my Saturday after the Texans beat the Browns and then wake up and enjoy going and hang out with some Cowboys friends and watch the Cowboys take care of the Packers. Watch all that NFL football. Watch some way too cold games where you just look at it now and you think, man, do you think they kind of wish they had a dome right now? They wish they had a top to that. You know they do in, in Kansas City. You know they do in, in Buffalo another for another year. Cause not really an advantage. Not really an advantage to to be in super cold with both teams get hurt by it. And you're like, well, we're more used to it. But yeah, it just it kind of makes the game just worse. Was it Zeke Elliott came out this week and uh and said that he he uh, always wanted to play a snow game, always wanted to do it, thought it was going to be the coolest thing, playing a snow game. And he's like, ah, this sucks. I don't like that one bit. He's like, yeah, that's right, Zig. We all remember growing up and thinking how much fun it would be. Oh, we're going to go play out. This is football weather. That feels like one of the biggest lies that we were told is that football weather is cold, and that is not the case. It's when there's good football on, it is cold outside. But that does not, they do not they're not the same. It's, it is not fun to play and walk back in. Your hands are burning and all of that. Never fun, never fun. Uh, we'll also get into a lot of basketball talk, uh, some Big 12 basketball, some NBA basketball as well in this hour. Play some sound from a hook em up, talking about the Cowboys versus Packers, giving you more of a preview for that. We'll get into all that and more of your text. 512-447-3776 is the text line. And uh, if you guys want to join in on the poll today, we're asking you for your playoff superstitions. Any superstition for things you change, outfits you wear, you know, whether you shave or don't shave or whatever you do or you, you only shower the left side of your body. I don't know what it could be, what your playoff superstition is, that you have to do this until your team gets knocked out. We know James Harden. That's why he's a big beard is because he was going to shave it when he wins a title. I'll give him the Clippers. This is the best team he's been on probably. This Clippers team looks pretty good right now. They're annoyingly good for who's on that team. For how many people I don't like on that team. <laughs> that is an annoying team right now as the Clippers. It's like, come on Come on, someone get in a fight. Blow this team up. So Russell Westbrook, get mad about something. But they're playing really good. They're playing good basketball right now. Uh, to recap, the news, the biggest news story for Texas is that Sark last night, late last night, about eleven thirty or so, te- uh, tweeted out, uh, "It's a good day to be a Longhorn." And then this morning we saw the uh, Texas vi- hype video. About talking about how Texas is the you know the best place, and he came here to win a title, and that's what he's going to do. Uh, we saw that video; he retweeted that with the hook and horns. So that is uh, so good news that tech, that he was not going to be taking the uh, Alabama job. We know Dan Lanning posted that he was not going to be doing it. Put his hype video out. Mike Norvell gets a new big contract, eight years, ten mil a year, if not more. And he'll be have his uh, that he's not, and so he wasn't going. All those hype videos came out. Then we got the news that Kalen DeBoer, who was one of the favorites the entire time, what Alabama fans will tell you, that was the guy. And Alabama, the people that were hiring at Alabama will tell you, that was the guy. We're never looking anywhere else. The only other name that was really in that conversation, or until you started going down, because when we started to hear Tommy Reese's name, that was where it started to go, okay, maybe they're not going to be able to get a big name. 
Uh, the only other big name that was out there was Dabo Sweeney, and apparently a lot of Bama fans did not want Dabo Sweeney. Did not want Dabo, but he was supposed to be, for a long time, when he was winning, when he was doing really well at Clemson, he was the next guy to replace Nick Saban. He was the next guy at Alabama because he's a Bama guy. Everybody thought that he would be the next guy. Uh, but then, you know, a couple of seasons of not per- underperforming, and now nobody in Alabama wants him. A lot of people in Alabama upset about Kalen DeBoer. I don't quite get that, but I think they're going to be upset about anybody because anything is not Nick Saban. They hoped that he was just going to come out and go, guys, I'm, I'm on the weekend I found the Fountain of Youth and I'm back. I'm 50 years old again, and let's go the Fountain of Youth for Nick Saban. Get back to 50, and then I'll be a great coach and we'll keep going. But that is not the case. Uh, but a good hire. I like the hire for Alabama. I think it's a good hire. I think it's good for Kalen DeBoer. Uh, I don't think he would have liked to leave Washington that soon, but the AD who hired him was not there anymore. You know, he's losing a lot of guys uh, to the uh, to the draft. He lost a lot of seniors. Uh, and you're going to the Big Ten. It's, you know, he'd have to rebuild with a not a great recruiting class and keep building that up. We'll see if he's going to be able to do that. Uh, we also didn't mention this at the top, but the, the FSU, that they are having a heck of a year. That FSU, you know, is the front runner to make the playoffs and they don't make the playoffs. Then they get routed 63 to 3 after everybody opts out. They're complaining. They're filing a lawsuit. They're trying to get out of the ACC now. They want out of there. Uh, then they re-sign Mike Norvell to a big contract, and they are getting sanctions or punishments in re- NIL recruiting penalties that they were allegedly, or I guess NIL saying they did it at this point, that a booster uh, talked to a player before he was like on a visit, which you're not supposed to do, and offered him $15,000 a month in his first season if he were to come to uh, Florida State. The player did not go to Florida State. He ended up going to Georgia. Uh, but that was the penalties to an assistant coach who was part of it, to the booster, to the Florida State team, all the things you got to get up. Eventful, eventful few weeks for Florida State or a few eventful month, two couple months for Florida State if you're a Florida State fan. But, yes, yeah, so if you missed the news, Sark's not going to Alabama. Kalen DeBoer is going to Alabama. It also opens up the transfer portal for both Alabama for 30 days and now Washington for 30 days. If Jim Harbaugh leaves and goes to the NFL, that's a Michigan team, and three out of the four teams in the playoffs could have new coaches and have the transfer portal open at the same time. Texas, not one of them, though. That is a good scene to see Texas is not there, that Sark is staying. All right, let's get to some basketball talk. Uh, I know we had some panic mode for for Texas. People are still not putting Texas uh, that highly. We still see rankings of them not being making the tournament, which I think is a bit a bit of an overreaction. I don't, you know, I think that you know if you watch Texas without Dylan DeSue, I don't think they've really been full health yet, and so to judge them on a lot of what they've done so far seems preemptive. To judge them without Dylan DeSue and assuming that he's not going to be what he was and what he was against Cincinnati, and what he was last year in the NCAA tournament, to just assume that he's not going to be that kind of impact, I think is a little premature. To assume that Max Aismas will not continue to get better as he learns to play at a higher level. I think Tyrese Hunter's been playing really well. Uh, and if we see what Caden Shedrick, if he's able to mix in and, and build with that team, uh, we could see something really special. I think Dylan Mitchell will keep getting better as well. He's getting better. He's better than he was last year already. Uh, just has a better IQ on the offensive end now. Uh, and his defense is still good. So I, I don't know why. I, I, I would not be leaving them out of the tournament so far, but a lot of people are. A lot of people are trying to take hate on him. I think it's also a good way to get people to, you know, talk about your stuff. Uh, they're going to be playing West Virginia on Saturday. Uh, 
another part, Texas is ranked 30th in field goal percentage, 56 in three-point percentage. Those are not bad percentages for a team that has not been full health. And for a team that has a guy that's a bulk shooter like Max Asmus, you wouldn't expect to be 30th in field goal percentage in the country. That's a pretty good sign for them. Uh, West Virginia is not necessarily the biggest obstacle, so you do have to go in there and assert dominance. You do have to be ready. We talked about it the other day uh, about intensity. This is one of those games where it's real easy to look past it and say you're going into West Virginia and it doesn't matter uh, and you know, you're going to beat them. This is a team that has always been competitive with Bob Huggins, but then everything went down with Bob Huggins last year. Uh, then a bunch of people transferred out and it just, it, they're, they're not in a great place. The, the football, the basketball team for West Virginia is not in a great place. Uh, one of their best players, Jesse Edwards, a big six eleven Jesse Edwards. He's averaging 14 points, nine rebounds a game. He is injured right now with a wrist injury. So he is not going to be playing in the game. He's, he's right now scheduled to be out. We don't know about Shedrick. He is questionable. Uh, for the game, but it's a big piece that if you take that big man out for them to hurt them in rebounding, hurt them in scoring, uh, and just defense down in the post, that's going to be able to. That's going to be a problem uh, for West Virginia against Texas. Uh, they do have a guy, Quinn Slazinski. Uh, he's going to be a uh, you know a bigger guy that could cause a problem. He's probably going to hit some threes against you. You're going to dislike because he's a six nine guy who shoots okay from three point range. So that'll be a place. And uh, Raekwon Battle is the other guy. He's only playing five games this season coming back from injury, but Raekwon Battle is a good player. He's going to try and go off against Texas as well. Texas just needs to hit some shots, play aggressive, continue to not turn the ball over, and they should be able to win this game against West Virginia. It should not be a close game, but it's a Big 12. Anything can happen. Uh, But Texas uh, favored heavily in that game. Uh, Some other big, Big 12 action happening this weekend. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma, is at number three, Kansas. Both of them coming off of losses. Uh, so that is a big uh, level for both of them. OU right now, though, is another defensive powerhouse. Kansas had that problem against Iowa State, who was able to beat Kansas. and Or sorry, UCF. I can't remember who beat. Uh, but Kansas had the problem. They were playing against a really good defensive team and held them down, uh, I believe it was Iowa State. And so if you have that problem that you're – you know, you you're having issues playing against this kind of team. Uh, Oklahoma is not giving you much better. They're holding teams uh, to 28 percent three point percentage, 40 percent shooting from the floor. Not great percentages. This is a game for Kansas that they really want to bounce back at. It is at Kansas, so they should win. But Oklahoma is going to have to rebound and respond as this will be too straight if they lose this one. So we'll see if both these teams, Oklahoma looks so good to start the season, see if they can continue on that trend against Kansas. We'll also see Cincinnati versus Baylor. Uh, Baylor's right now number 14. Uh, Look, Baylor's just a better team than Cincinnati. Uh, Texas versus Cincinnati was at Cincinnati, so there was something more to be said about that home field advantage, home court advantage. Uh, I don't think they're going to have any level of that success against Baylor. What they're going to need to do, though, is do what they did against Texas and get Texas into foul trouble, especially Victor Locken versus uh, V's Missy, the freshman big man for Baylor. If they're able to get him into foul trouble, slow him down a little bit, Jalen Bridges uh, will probably be okay. He's a senior. I don't think he's going to get necessarily in that amount of foul trouble. But if you can get some of those bigs for Baylor in foul trouble and let a Victor Locken get down into the post and uh, be able to do some of the stuff he does, it could spell more trouble for a Baylor team and get this game a little bit closer. But uh, look for Baylor to be able to handle what they do there. Uh, Kansas State is taking on Texas Tech. Both teams undefeated in the Big 12. 
unfortunately for K-State, they're going into Texas Tech. They do have a turnover problem. That has been one of their bigger issues this season. Uh, this is two really hot teams. Uh, K-State's won four straight games. Texas Tech has won eight straight. But at home for Texas Tech, it feels like it's going to be too much for K-State to overcome. Uh, so they've been playing well. But that turnover problem, Texas Tech, one of the things they do is they're extremely efficient. They don't, they don't turn the ball over a lot. They don't miss a lot of shots. So they're not great at anything, but they're really efficient, uh, which will allow them, I think, Texas Tech can get a win against K-State and uh, continue on their path of being one of the undefeated teams in the Big 12. And then your other uh, big game would be Houston at TCU. Uh, TCU leads college uh, basketball in uh, fast break points. They lead college basketball in fast break points, 23.6. Houston is going to have to play really good defense and get back because TCU is going to be able to play a little bit of defense. They beat OU. They lost by two to Kansas. This is not a bad TCU team, but uh, Houston is going to be pissed off. They're going to be trying to go into TCU. TCU could send the number two team their second loss if they're able to get out in fast breaks, if they're able to cause enough defense, get LJ Cryer to play as bad as he did on uh, Tuesday, get him to play that poorly again, or Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, earlier this week, if they were to play with him and get him to play that poorly, uh, you could see uh, TCU get another big win and Houston get another big loss and really shake up this Big 12, shake up college basketball with another win there uh, for the Big 12. But a lot to watch for in Big 12 basketball on Saturday. A lot of good games that you should keep an eye on uh, during the playoffs. Got to give your two TV setup. Two TV setup is very important this time of year. I know we're down to one football game, but now we've got NBA action on. Get into that in a minute. Now we've got some college basketball action on. You got to have that on. You got to have the NBA on. You got to have everything going. There's some good UFC fights on Saturday, too. So plenty. You got to get the multi TV setup going. This is the time of year. It's very important with everything going on. Keep an eye on all the games. Keep an eye on all those Big 12 basketball as Texas uh, continuing to uh, try and compete in the Big 12 with a lot of people not believing in them. A lot of people not believing in Texas. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. Get to NBA talk here in just a second, but I want to go through and get to the text lines because we do try to get to uh, everybody on the text line. Nate's trying to get me in trouble again. Vintage Scott says, good, now uh, good. Now we have a chance to get revenge on DeBoer at uh, Alabama. I like that. I like that thought, Vintage Scott. I hadn't even thought of that, that, uh, you know, get a little repeat. Uh, you know, we'll see if they make the college football playoff. We don't play them uh, as, as set right now next season. I am glad that Oklahoma, I thought they were going to get it kind of passed. Oklahoma doesn't have to play Nick Saban. That's annoying that we had to play him. We beat him, though. So I guess I guess it's nice that Sark got to be one of the last guys to beat them. I think that's that's got to feel good. That's got to feel good. Uh, Norvell will suck next year when they play more than high school teams. Yeah, I think, look, Norvell's going to, it's going to be a harder time when you don't have, you know, Jordan Travis. Like, that was the team this year. And the defense was good. But they were playing a lot of really bad teams. I think the ACC will be a little bit more up next season, hopefully, that they're not going to be a complete garbage conference. And, man, if, they're, if they get out of that ACC, it'll help recruiting, but it could be a tough. Mark Norvell's a good coach. He's got the eight-year deal, though. Uh, you hope that does not breed contempt or breed uh, – not contempt, but uh, uh, breed comfort where he decides that he is not going to – uh, put the effort in those 16, 17, 18-hour days and get there. I don't think it will. I think he's going to have a good team again. But without a quarterback like Jordan Travis, I don't know if that team is is an undefeated team. I don't think they are because they weren't when he wasn't there. Because, you know, and we can say everybody was gone, but they got 
just throttled by Georgia. Just throttled. Uh, Chan says, imagine what Kalen DeBoer shall do with five-star recruits now. Wow. Think Bama will continue to do fine. Yeah. The question is, can you continue to get five-star recruits at that level? Because if you come out your first season and you drop two games, that's not terrible everywhere, but two games at Alabama is terrible. And when you're already not the best recruiter and you're following the greatest coach of all time, you can't, ha- you can't even start at Alabama with two losses. And that's implementing culture. That's implementing everything he wants to bring in. How much can he make it and how much of this is staying Nick Saban's way? Even though Saban is not the coach, do they still want to keep everything? Or do they, you know, how much does Kalen DeBoer get to put his his process in and his ability in? Now for those places like Lane Kiffin, who just wants to go in there and beat Alabama because of the way he feels he was treated. All those guys that wanted to beat Nick Saban, I feel like it's gonna make him want to beat him even more. Hey, man, they're vulnerable. There's blood in the water. Let's go get them. So I I think he'll do better with the five-star athletes. The question is, how many of them can he keep? How many of them can he reach to get to play to that next level? And who he brings in is his other coaches. I mean, that's like we're not talking about that. Texas is looking for a D-line coach. Well, I mean, who's he bringing in? Is he bringing in all his guys or are they keeping their guys? Where does Tommy Reese go? Because now is Tommy Reese coaching Kalen DeBoer's system? You know, everything was kind of Nick Saban's way. How much do you change that? How much of these players were there to play? What does Jalen Milrow do? Jalen Milrow is not Michael Penix. He's not the type of guy that fits in there. Is he going to be able to change his way? Now, he did have, uh, you know, Michael Penix is more mobile in Indiana with Kalen DeBoer as well. So maybe you can coach him up that way. I think Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. But, yeah, there is a lot of questions uh, to be answered. And complacency, yes, another one, another one of those words that starts with the C that I was trying to think of. I appreciate you, Chan, sticking up there for me. I appreciate you. My brain does, you know, it's Friday. We're running, I'm running out of brain space on a Friday. I don't even know the right words for that. We've got about 40 minutes left, and then I can go and, and reset, reset my brain and watch football all weekend. Uh, it will be a good weekend. I appreciate you. I'll watch a lot of NBA well, this weekend as well. Text line still open, 512-447-3776. Uh, some big NBA games last night, though. The Mavericks did pull an upset of the Knicks with no Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic out. He's expected to be out through the weekend, I believe, uh, possibly coming back Monday or Tuesday. Uh, But they do pull the upset 128-124 over the Knicks, uh, returning Jalen Brunson. Kyrie Irving wants to go show up. I think he always likes showing up against those New York teams and the big city teams. I think he likes showing off there. I think he likes showing off with Luka on the bench, what he's really capable of doing. He puts up 44 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds. Uh, for Kyrie Irving, gets a huge win over the Knicks, who are undefeated so far after their trade for OG Ananubi. Uh, the Mavs getting a win, and those are big wins. When you're talking about you know, Luka Doncic going down, how many games can you win with Luka Doncic out? That is the question, and uh, to get one there is big. They'll have another one coming up on Saturday against the Pelicans with Luka probably out as well uh, if they'll be able to do that. But that's a, Pelicans are another good team. So I don't know if they're going to be able to carry two of those, but we'll see if Luka, if Kyrie can go out there and put up another big performance uh, against the Pelicans. We've also seen uh, the Spurs have a back-to-back. Uh, Wimby is scheduled to play tonight against the Hornets. I think it's the easier of the two games to win. They play tonight against the Hornets, the Bulls uh, tomorrow. So I believe we'll see Wimby in this one. We've been told Wimby is not going to play back-to-backs. Uh, with his ankle injury, with his minutes restriction, that they're trying to keep him as safe as possible as his rookie season. Uh, so 
that they're going to be playing the Hornets tonight. They're actually a one-and-a-half-point favorites. LaMelo Ball is supposed to be returning from injury tonight, though, as well for the Hornets. But this is a matchup of two uh, more bottom-dwelling teams. Uh, the, Tex- the Spurs were able to handle the Pistons easily. If they beat the Hornets, man, that's a win streak, guys. That's two, man. That's a win streak. Two games. It's happened. And then they got to play the Bulls the next night, probably without Wimby. So I don't know if the streak's going to go to three. But they could win two in a row, guys. It could happen tonight against the Hornets. You got to go in there. Saturday, also, we get Rockets versus Celtics. Brooks may return, but man, people are figuring the Celtics are pissed off after getting snubbed by the Bucks. By the way, just an awful night of basketball last night. That Knicks Mavericks game was probably the best game, but the, the Blazers lost by 60, 62. Everyone was getting killed last night. Everyone. It was just all blowouts, including the Celtics getting blown out by the Bucks with a great moment where uh, Giannis' brother, Giannis, checks into the game and the crowd's all cheering because the, the human victory cigar is, uh, is coming out on the court. He comes in, immediately turns the ball over, comes back and tries to pick up a foul on the other end, uh, try to pick up an offensive foul. <laughs> It gets called, the guy scores, and then he gets called for a flopping technical right after. It was the most chaotic, worst intro to a game where he just kind of has to be like, no, you know, I'm okay. It was <laughs> it was hilarious to watch the honors come into that game and immediately mess up and immediately be like, yeah, that's why you don't play. That's why you wouldn't be in the NBA if it wasn't for your brother. Just always thank him. You should have got up when he got called for that flopping and walked over and shook Giannis's hand at me. Like, thank you. Thank you for letting me into the NBA. Uh, but that'll be Rockets and Celtics. I, I mean, this is Eme going to play against his old team. It's in Boston, though. Rockets don't travel as well as some other teams. Not a great road team. Uh, but Eme is going to be coming in. You know he's going to be fired up for the game. How much can he get everybody else fired up for the game? We did mention yesterday, too, that I thought the Rockets would be in place, maybe trying to make a trade for Marcus Smart. That looks like less and less likely because Marcus Smart suffered another injury and is now, I don't believe, six weeks, which will take him past the trade deadline, meaning he can't pass a physical, meaning he most likely will not uh, be traded at all. Uh, so it does not look like the Rockets will be adding Marcus Smart. Uh, somebody I thought they could add. They may still try and do it over the offseason, but who knows? Uh, but that was somebody I thought. But that is a, a questionable game. 14.5-point favors for the Celtics. I wouldn't have necessarily put it that big myself. Uh, also announced today, the in-season tournament will be returning next season. Uh, Silver Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, said that is uh, he is happy with how it turned out, that it was great results. They're working to find the best time of season to put it in. Talking to the TV networks, where do you guys want us to put it with all these ratings? Where do you want us to put it in the season? Uh, they maybe put it too early this year. So we'll see if that moves. And the in-season tweaks, please, please, please fix the courts. Those were ugly. Those were terrible. They made it hard to watch basketball. Fix the courts. There's some other small tweaks I put in there, too, about how you did the games where you had to put a game on at, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. I didn't like that either uh, in the semifinals. But, you know, a lot of this stuff can be figured out. But the in-season tournament will return. So it is not a one-and-done, the, the, the banner in the – in the Lakers, and, and we'll see if there's a curse. The Lakers have been pretty bad after that tournament as well. Maybe there's going to be an in-season tournament tur- curse, and no one's going to want to win it. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to add. All right. Text line's open. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. If you guys have anything you want to add to it, or you have any playoff superstitions you like to use, uh, we're asking you if you have any playoff superstitions, and what are yours, you know, see if you got one that's crazy. Put one in there for me. 
Uh, but we'll come back. We'll get to the text line, play some more sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a 5-1-2 Friday. Playing you local music you can go check out around town this weekend. Go support the local scene. This is Carrie Hudson and Good Company. Carrie always kills it. It is an awesome band, awesome time. They are playing Saturday at Saxon Pub. You can go check them out, but Carrie's super talented. The band is awesome. Go check out Carrie Hudson and Good Company Saturday at the Saxon Pub. Uh, let's get back to the text line, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776 is the text line. Uh, Nate, still trying to get me fired. He's still trying. Can't say anything he says on the text line. Everything he says will get me fired. That's that's Nate for you. That's what he does. Uh, text says, listening online, as I'm driving back to Austin, can you take a minute and give us your thoughts on Texas basketball team? Are they going to be okay this year? I've given this a few times uh, this week. Uh, as people are getting more and more freaked out about it, it you know, anything can happen in college basketball. Uh, I think the presumed death of Texas basketball is way too early. There's a lot of people who just don't like Rodney Terry because he's not their guy. And for whatever reason that is, which I don't know, there's a lot of people who do not believe in him and don't like him and didn't want him to be the coach and wanted to go get the biggest name and get the biggest guy. And he would get uh, Texas was supposed to have Ron Holland. That would have helped him out a lot this year to add another uh, dynamic freshman, but you don't. Dylan DeSue, if he continues to get better and better and healthier and healthier, that's a big piece. If Shedrick and DeSue get healthy, then that is a that is a dynamic uh, front court for you that's going to be able to do a lot for you. If those guys can get healthy, play full minutes, play deep into tournament play where you're playing closer games back-to-back, that'll be a question to see what they can do and stay healthy. But that is a big piece. Max Aismas, I think, will continue to get better at realizing which shots to take. They're already a pretty effective team, a pretty good high field goal percentage team, which is not really Max Aceman's style. Uh, he's not a bad shooter or anything, but he just you know he takes a lot of shots. I think he's getting better at selecting the shots he wants to take. If he continues to grow on that, that will help this Texas team. And then he's going to be able to draw defenses, find guys, raise his assist rate. All of that will continue to help this Texas team. Dylan Mitchell's growth. I think there's a lot of, prog- uh, a lot of progress and a lot of hope for this Texas team that you can go looking forward. They need to go handle business in West Virginia, though. That is the next test 
They were playing West Virginia on Saturday, and this is not a really good West Virginia team. One of their better players should be out for the game. So Texas needs to go handle business at West Virginia and show people that they're not every game is going to be like the Cincinnati game. And and maybe Cincinnati goes and plays well against Baylor and some people rank them higher. Texas Tech is a good team. And the fact that I know we lost at home and you're not supposed to lose at home, but the 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 thought that since they lost to Tech, they lost to UConn who's returning. I know they lost to Marquette at Marquette, and you don't want to lose that game to Shaka Smart. I get there's some games that they lost that you we'd really want to have back. But I think the presumed death of Texas basketball, like so many people seem to be predicting that they're not even going to make the tournament, I do not believe in that. Uh, watching this team, I know what they, they've done the last few years. I know how they progress and get better throughout the season. I know who Rodney Terry is as a coach. And you know, as much as nobody will give him credit for last year turning this team from a team that was a probable seven or eight seed in the tournament to winning the Big 12, which no one had predicted, to getting to the Elite Eight, which no one had predicted. People at the beginning of the season were hoping that Texas was a Final Four team. But if they watched them non-conference, they didn't believe they were. And they got better and better as the season went on. I think that'll happen again this year. So as much as people want to not believe in Rodney Terry, I don't know why, but people don't like him, uh, I, I think there's some good hope for this Texas team going forward. Hope that answered it. WPI parts guy says a Spurs streak. Yes, they, two games. I don't think three is going to happen, but they can get two, man. They can get two, and that's what we'll care about this season. Uh, you miss you misspoke on this. You said nobody cares about basketball until the playoffs or the sixty four brackets. No, you don't care. A lot of people do care though. Arenas are still getting packed, and people are still going out, and people watching the TV ratings are up. And I love basketball. I'll talk about them all year long. So I know you don't. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you texting in. We'll still talk football all the time because I love football too. But to say nobody when you don't, it's implying that you run the world. And you don't run the world. As far as I know, maybe you do. Maybe, maybe my listeners do run the world, and, and I'm just an ant uh, farm. Who knows? Uh, Texter says, it's bad luck to be superstitious. I like that. I like that. Solid. Well, well, well done. Uh, <laughs> Texter Chan says, go Green Bay and Texas. And, of course, Texas men's, men's basketball and women's basketball this weekend. Chan hating against the Cowboys, man. Hating against the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. You got to understand, this is the deal, and I always say this. The party is better when the Cowboys win. It's always a better party, unless they're playing the Texans, and then I'm going to root for my team, but the party's better. I'm a fan of the party being better. That's what I go with. So I always want to do that because then Cowboys fans will buy drinks. Because Cowboys dreams, Cowboys fans live on the hopium. They live on it. And, you know, every if they beat Packers by 20, guess who's buying shots for the bar? Cowboys fans. Guess who's ready to pack, buy a, buy a ticket to the playoff, buy a ticket to the Super Bowl? Cowboys fans. They live on the hopium, and I love it about them. It's so much fun to be around happy Cowboys fans, so I always root for them. I always want the Cowboys to do well. Uh, but Chan, my man Chan, not feeling it. Not feeling of it. Uh, Chan also asked, why is Chris uh, Johnson not playing? Was, uh, was highly touted coming in. Yes, he was. Uh, I think that, you know, he just wasn't playing at the level he needed to. And Rodney Terry runs a tighter rotation, which a lot of guys do. Uh, you know, he's going to be, he may come in later in the year. There's probably going to be injuries or time where he needs to play. Uh, so we could see him later, but I don't think in the times he played, he wasn't playing defense at the level he needed to, to stay on the court. If you're not great enough offensively and you're not able to put up you know, just mad points and, and be able to nail threes constantly and create space for yourself, then you need to play defense at a really high level. And I just don't know if he was able to do that uh, this season. 
Uh, let's play some uh, sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. It's a replay. We'll get back to the text on 512-447-3776. But here is some sound from this morning talking about the Cowboys in the playoffs. I know, Chan, you're rooting against them, but I'm rooting for the Cowboys. Here's Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan talking about the Cowboys this morning. All right, let's talk about the uh, Cowboys and their matchup versus the Packers. Uh, that w- there's one particular concept that I think the Cowboys are going to have a lot of success with versus the Packers. As a matter of fact, it may be um, such an advantage for the Cowboys. They may end up winning the game just off of this vulnerability on the Packers' uh, defense. And I was watching uh, NFL Live, and I saw, <laughs> saw them talking about this stat. It's mind-blowing. So Green Bay's defense is really bad at defending the middle of the field in between the numbers. Uh, Dak loves to throw to the middle of the field. That's one of his favorite spots to throw. As a matter of fact, uh, CeeDee Lamb and him love to throw option routes. They throw a lot of slant routes. Green Bay allows the worst, if you look at it, Green Bay allowing uh, the worst EPA per play on the throws to the middle of the field, which is between the numbers. Um, they're the worst, uh, look at the QBR. They allow the highest or the worst QBR in the league to throw to the middle of the field. Um, Green Bay allows the worst yards per attempt on slant routes, <laughs> uh, the worst EPA per play and QBR, uh, I guess I pointed out, on slant routes as well, but also to the middle of the field. And they have allowed the highest passer rating in yards per attempt in the NFL on slants. If you're the Cowboys, you got to throw a lot of slant routes. <laughs> a lot of slant routes, a lot of inside breaking routes to the middle of the field. Uh, the Packers have been really bad at it all season long. Um, uh, Mina Kimes points out that uh, Green Bay versus the slant routes average allowed 9.2 yards per attempt and a 143 passer rating, uh, .77 EPA per play on slant routes in the second half of the season. And that's and you would think, oh, they're getting better toward the second half of the season. And maybe they did improve. Maybe it was worse in the first half of the season because they're allowing almost a first down uh, on yards per attempt uh, defending slant routes, period, 9.2. And this is a, that was a natural – it's a, one of the natural tendencies of the Cowboys in the Dak Prescott, you know, the new revamped Texas Coast offense. They throw a lot of old-school slant routes and a lot of old-school option routes, you're going to see a ton of them, even more so. They'll probably increase that rate versus the Packers. So that's something to watch. Throw that out there, too. Remember, also, last season, um, Tony Pollard had a great game versus the Packers. Uh, He had 22 rushes, 115 yards, 5.2 yards per attempt. He hasn't been great (laughs) this season, um, but he is trending the last three or four weeks. He's getting better. He's looking healthier. We talked about this. He's looking like more and more like his old explosive self. He's got 16 forced missed tackles in the last three weeks, which is over that time span is tied for the second most in the NFL. If he can give you a performance similar to what he did last year versus the Packers, that would be huge because you're going to need it just in case. Um, you know, Dak's off or the passing game isn't off. I don't expect that to be the case. And the Cowboys playing at home are the best team in the NFL at home. Uh, nobody plays <laughs> uh, their best brand of football, a version of football uh, at home, more so than the Cowboys. They are, they're elite at home. So I don't anticipate anything forcing the offense to look clunky, um, but I do expect them to be, to be balanced. I expect Tony Pollard, actually, who's been trending, um, to give them a lot of pro- production in the run game, too. Uh, the Packers have been hunting Dak Prescott, though, for years. He's only one in four versus the Green Bay Packers. 
Um, you know, that didn't have a lot of wins versus Green Bay. Uh, the Cowboys, if you go look at them overall uh, this season, that, that defense against this Packers offense is going to be interesting because Jordan Love has looked like a different quarterback as we talked about the second half of the season since week 11. Um, they don't turn the football over, and the Cowboys are very opportunistic. The Cowboys actually force a lot of turnovers. That is one of their character traits as a defense. They're opportunistic, taking away the football. Right now, Jordan Love has the most starts with multiple pass touchdowns and zero interceptions in the NFL. He's a young quarterback, first-year starter that takes care of the football. That'll end up being a big factor in this matchup. If you if you can force Jordan Love to look like a first-year starter, which he has not looked like in the last eight weeks, um, in the last eight games or so, if any defense can make him look like that, it'd be the Cowboys. They're really opportunistic, and they lead the NFL in pressure rate. Uh, and Jordan Love has been actually great in, against pressure. He's second in the NFL in QBR versus pressure behind one Dak Prescott <laughs> with a 75 QBR. But Cowboys pressure is a different kind of pressure, especially with a guy like Micah Parsons who – has, he's been great, but he hadn't gotten a holding call in the last 11 weeks. But uh, I don't know if Jordan Love has seen this kind of pressure, but they have been winning some, some games against really good teams, and he's been playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the league. He's been playing like a top 10 quarterback in the last eight games. That is uh, there's no joke. He's got 20 touchdowns, one interception in the last eight games, 112 passer rating. Uh, he's legit. Uh, it looks like it, but this Cowboys defense, I think, will have – I think they'll have some exotic looks for a young Jordan Love, especially when it comes to their pass, uh, their pressure packages. Good stuff right there. Cowboys and Packers is the uh, middle of the afternoon game on uh, Sunday as part of uh, Wild Card Weekend. And, Rod, it's a good thing there's a roof on uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It's an indoor stadium, of course. Because, uh, Gordon, look at this right here. Chiefs-Dolphins game on Saturday night oh, could man. be among the coldest NFL games ever, according to a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, Tom Kynes. He says it's going to be brutal. Temperature-wise, I don't think it gets much worse than they're going to deal with um, uh, temperatures. Uh, if you take it, the wind chill between minus 20 and minus 30 degrees. Mm, it's going to feel like that's <laughs> uh, – I can't – no. Why would you – people are going to be at that game? I guess, standing there. People are going to go to that game. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can go. I don't know. Even I if I'm a diehard fan, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to that game. Sorry. Because well, Sunday I'm afternoon. i frostbite going to that game. No. Sunday afternoon in Dallas is going to be about 20, 20 degrees, 25 yeah. degrees and windy. Yeah. Uh, but Saturday night, yeah, uh, the wind chill mm. could mean temperatures feel like they're between minus 20 and minus 30 degrees. Number. A low temperature, just this, the air temperature is expected to be minus 8. And you're going to sit out there in them stands <laughs> for like three hours? Three seven hours in that game. I guess the game will go by fast. So I expect them to run the ball a lot. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll be wrong about that though. And then that's the oh man, the conditions of the snow. You know how that is with did your footing as a player, and that's that's gonna be a wild game to watch. Yeah. Some of y'all can't watch. Some be wild. Some of y'all can't watch it at all. <laughs> you Beacock. In terms of NFL <laughs> records, the Ice Bowl 1967 championship game, Packers Cowboys at Lambeau Field, still ranks as the coldest game with a temperature of minus 13 and a wind chill of minus 48. But Saturday night's game will rival that with an air temperature of minus 8 and wind chills that are minus 20 to minus 25. It'll be the coldest game that the Dolphins have ever played in and the coldest game at Arrowhead Stadium ever. That's crazy. No thanks. And you said it. I mean, the players will have all time. They put that uh, silicone on yeah, their they got, arms. They, yeah, they got lots of the, technology to help it's them It's the damn fans warm. that will got to stand in there. Like, there's no jacket that can help <laughs> you stay warm for that long yeah, out in the, those kind of conditions. 
Right? You going at one point it's going I guess you can just wear multiple layers. You can just layer up like five, six to seven layers. You can call me whatever you want, bad fan. Um, you couldn't pay me to go to that game. Um no. No, no, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> no, no risk. No, I just don't I got I just don't understand how they're gonna do it, how the fans go. I guess you can go for a while then leave. They'll probably have heaters like up in certain so, areas. So they have heating they have heating areas up there in the stadium, I'm sure. Here's here would be my criteria. If it was my favorite team. No. And being there was the only way to see the game. No. I would no. maybe go. I, I'll keep up with it on Twitter. <laughs> Update. Somebody will be tweet, tweet, live tweeting the whole well, thing. No, Ty, I'm good. Ty Henderson, would you, no. go, would, you, would you go to this game where it's minus 8 degrees and wind chills at minus 25? Hell no. Thank hell you. Okay. No. When Ty says hell no. Exactly. That dude's ride or die. <laughs> wait, dude, so did, wait, is this everything. my team or is it just, yeah, just a Chiefs team. game? Yeah, it's Cowboys game. It's, it's your Cowboys team. game. It's a Longhorns, your Super Bowl. I would probably go to it if it was a Longhorns game, not not for the Cowboys though. If it was a national championship for the Longhorns, I'd one hundred percent be there, but not just a playoff would, game for the Cowboys. I would not. I would not. I would I love, add the caveat. I love my Longhorns, but I'm like, no. I would add the caveat that if no. it was the only way to see the game, unless I was playing in the game, it's the only way <laughs> I would be. That means you were getting paid to be there. You're paid to be there. <laughs> only way I'm going there, guys. I it, I love my Longhorns, but ah, nope. We good. We nope. good on that one. Nope. That's crazy. Are you going to risk frost, frostbite? No, I'm not doing that. That's funny. I can't do it. Mm-mm. I'll never be the same after sitting out in the cold for three four hours. hours. Like four hours like that? Oh, man. No way. <laughs> no way. And you can't even take your hands out to, to do stuff. Like, you can't drink eat. a beer. Yeah, you can't drink you can't a beer. You can't eat a hot dog. You, yeah, what are you going to do? You just sit there wrapped up. Frigging. On your eyes showing? No. I can't. No. <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy that. That's no, I'm not going to enjoy that experience. By the end of the game, you look like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> yeah, out there in the maze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, I. No, I thanks. Know. I love no, football, but not that much. I love uh, team, we'll come back. We'll take your thoughts on that. Would you be at that game? That's going to be Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That's the night game. Houston, of course, middle of the afternoon Saturday. Cowboys, middle of the afternoon Sunday, both indoors. Buffalo won't be any, uh, you know, any, won't be balmy, that's for sure, when they play Pittsburgh at noon on Sunday. Of course, the night game will be indoors as well on Sunday. That is the Lions and the Rams uh, from Motown. Good stuff there from Uncle Bob with Ian Robbie. And no, no, I would not go out there either. I've done a cold game, and it wasn't that cold, and it was miserable. And I don't I, – I think I did one that was like in the 20s, and it was awful. So zero, no. I'm out. I'm out at zero. I was, at, I was 20, and I was younger, and I did that. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, wrap things up. Texan's still open if you want to hit us for one more before we head out for the weekend. 512-447-3776. Right back to wrap it up here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AIM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. All right, we got to wrap things up here. So we get out of here, <laughs> freak nasty ATX. Patrick, I spent 10 years in the Army, been up to 100, been in 138 to negative 7. For the Longhorns and Cowboys, I'm there. You are a better man than me, freak nasty, for a number of reasons. I will tell you that. And not going to those games. I, even if it's not on TV, make it harder. But I already ready. I don't like being in crowds anyway. All right. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Be safe, especially on Sunday night, Monday morning when the freeze comes in. Take care of yourselves. Uh, but until we see you back on Monday to break down the games, we'll be here on MLK Day. Happy MLK Day, by the way. We'll be here. Till then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here on Monday to break it all down on the Sports Complex.